Well, this is a, a great day. Easter's always just such a fun time, and uh, for those of you who come here normally, this is probably like probably the second time ever you've seen me wearing a tie. And so it's Easter. Whenever we leave here, we go to eat with my parents. That's part of the rule with my parents. We gotta we gotta wear ties. And so so I'll be I'll be doing that today. But but anyway, Easter is a a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day because I know that a lot of times it's a time when all the families get together. We like to get together and eat and just sort of hang out together. But there is obviously there's a significance of Easter that goes beyond you know Easter eggs and that goes beyond Easter bunnies. And that significance is the hope that Easter brings. Because what Easter does is it tells us a story about, about life and then death and then what happens next. Uh, statistics bear out that every one of us is going to face death. As a matter of fact, just to let you all know in case you're curious, uh, it says one out of one persons will die. And so, uh, not to leave you depressed or anything, but those aren't very good odds. Uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27, It is appointed unto man once to die, and then to face the judgment. Now, even though we, we kind of know this in our head, this subject makes us a little bit nervous. And so, it's like if we don't bring it up, we don't talk about it, there's an idea that maybe it's just going to disappear, that it's really not going to happen. I heard a story about three men who had gone to the funeral of one of their friends, and after it was over, they went to a coffee shop, and they were sitting down talking, and one of the guys said, uh, he said, you know, at our, at our funeral, or my funeral, he said, you know, there's some things I'd like for people to say about me. And he said, you know, I'd like people to stand up and say, he's a good guy, he was a man who worked hard, he provided for his family. And he said, I've just been thinking about that since the funeral, and he said, what... What do you want somebody to say about you at your funeral? And so his friend sat there and he thought about it for a minute. He said, I'd, I'd like people to say that I was a man that had a good work ethic, uh, that I left a legacy for my kids, that there are things that I can pass down to them. He said, I, I, that, those are some things that are important to me. And then the third guy was sitting there. He's real quiet, hadn't said a whole lot. And they said, what about you? You haven't said anything. He said, well, he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, I just hope they walk up to the casket and somebody looks down at me and says, he's still moving. Now, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think that's a dream for all of us secretly that whenever we have a funeral that somebody's going to look at us and say, that joker's still alive. But uh, Easter is very important because it celebrates the cornerstone of our faith, which is the resurrection of Jesus. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus... Our, our faith doesn't mean a whole lot. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul alluded to this. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And that's why I want to share with you today you know, the significance of Easter. I know it's something that happened you know, like 2,000 years ago, but I, I want you to see that, that Easter is something that still affects our lives today, and it can affect our lives today. So if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. And we're going to look in verse number 14. It's a little bit different text for Easter. But Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14. And as you look there, uh, the, the book of Hebrews was written, uh, not very surprisingly, to Hebrew people. Uh, it was written to a group of Hebrew people who were Christians. And they were undergoing, they'd gone, uh, undergone some persecution. So they were spread throughout the ancient world. And there were some false teachers that were going around telling these new Christians, saying, 
listen, you need more than Jesus to have a relationship with God. They say it takes more than a conversion. There are certain rules and regulations that you need to follow in order to be uh, considered in, in God's good graces. And so the writer of Hebrews came out here and he said, no, that's not true. And he wanted to show them, he wanted to show the people that Jesus is enough. You know, there's not, you know, you don't have to do all these extra things in order to be accepted by God. He said very simply, Jesus is enough. And in our text, the writer of Hebrews points out to us why Jesus is enough through Easter. And we're just very simply going to see the significance of Easter today and what it means for us. And so what is the significance of Easter? Just three things I want to point out to you today. The first one is Easter demonstrates or demonstrated Christ's humanity. It showed us that Jesus, not only is he fully, fully God, but, but Easter shows us that he's also fully man. In verse number 14, it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he, and this is speaking of Jesus, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. And that is the devil. Now, the Bible points out to us that our God is a God of eternity. He's, he's an eternal God. He's always been. I always think kids ask the most difficult questions, more, much more so than adults. Uh, my favorite's whenever my, my middle son, Glenn, he asked me, he said, Hey, when was God born? And I'm thinking, uh, well, yeah, he wasn't born. And he's like, well, then who are his parents? And you know, these are questions that are, I don't know really how to answer these questions. They're kind of tough. But the only thing I know is the Bible says that, that our God is eternal. Deuteronomy, again, 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge. Ephesians 3, 11 speaks of God's eternal purposes being fulfilled through Christ. And there's something that's comforting to me to know that our God has always been and that he always will be. Now, I like that. I mean, it's kind of nice to know that our God's not here for, you know, like a hundred years and he's out of here and then we're just stuck. I mean, wouldn't that be terrible? Our God is a God who is eternal. Now, as good as that sounds, though, I think it makes it, makes it hard for us to identify with God because, he's, because he is eternal. And the only thing that we know here is temporary, Right? I mean, everything that we know in this life is very temporary, and then we're told that we have a God who is eternal. And so one of the awesome things that God did to connect with us is he sent Jesus here. And he sent Jesus here, according to the Bible, in flesh and in blood. He was a guy just like us. In Philippians 2, 6 through 8, it says, Jesus, being in very nature God, and that's very important, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made, it says, in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, God, God found it very important for Jesus to come into our world as a man to experience life like us so we can identify with him. So that we can, so that we can see that he is one like us. One of the cool things to, to discover about Jesus as you read the scripture is that Jesus didn't take a shortcut when he came here. I mean, he came here, he came here big time as a, as a, as a guy. I mean, he was born. He didn't just show up on the earth as an alien. I mean, he was born. Had a mother and a dad. 
He grew up. He experienced life. The Bible talks about the joys that he had. It talks about the pain that he had. It talks about the suffering that he had. It even says in the scripture that Jesus even died. Now, you look at all the things in the scripture, what you discover is that Jesus is able to identify with us. He came here as man. Now, why did God send him here like that? I believe part of the reason why is so that God could communicate with us. Now, the best way to communicate with someone is to understand their background, to understand their cultural to, culture, to speak, to speak their language. If, if a person speaks your language, are you going to be able to understand them? Well, yeah. If they don't speak your language, it's hard to understand if they don't speak your language. If they don't identify with you, it's hard to make a connection with people like that. So what did God do? God sent Jesus to be like us so that he could point out to us the way to freedom. He came here, so to speak, to speak our language. You know, we all know that communication is important. And to communicate well, you have to know the people to whom you're speaking. I read a, I read an article in a business magazine. I thought, it was, I thought there's some funny stuff in here. It, it talked about how some businesses have tried to communicate their product in different, different countries that are, you know, that are foreign to their own and how well it went over. And they did the communication, because they didn't understand the culture and all those things, the, the communication was not all that great. Just to give you a couple examples, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, they went over into China, opened up a bunch of Kentucky Fried Chickens, and y'all, y'all know what they say about their chicken. What's their motto? Yeah, how good is it? Yeah, it's finger looking good. Yeah, we all know that. In China, that translated over, eat your fingers off. Okay, so that didn't, that didn't go over very well. So people, I don't know how popular that became. Uh, Pepsi also went over into China, and they opened up, you know, they, they started to have a bottling company over there, and their slogan is, it brings good things to life. Now, translated into Chinese, it was, we will bring your ancestors back from the grave. Now, Pepsi's good, but I don't think it's that good. And so there's this really strange uh, translation issues you deal with. Braniff Airlines, before they went defunct, their big motto was, we fly in leather, uh, which sounds really good until you go to Spain. And that turned out to be, we fly naked. Uh, So uh, anyway, uh, the fact of the matter is, if you're going to communicate well with people, you've got to be able to, to speak their language, to understand what they're saying, to understand where they're coming from. Why did Jesus come here? He came here to communicate with us. He, what's he trying to communicate? That without him, we are in trouble. Without him, we are in bondage. We are in slavery. Verse number 14 tells us that Jesus came here to share in our humanity, to give us freedom. You may say, well, how am I not free? Well, we're not free because of, because of sin. Because of disobedience to God. Romans 3.23 tells us that includes all of us. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 6.23 tells us that there's a price to pay for it. It says, the wages of sin is death. And so what we needed is we needed someone to come and lead us out of death and lead us into life. And the best way to communicate that was for God to send his son as a person in order to identify with us and give us that message. Now, isn't that neat? That we have a God who loves us so much that He would, in essence, He would, he would put skin on to come here to talk to us and say, We need freedom. 
And it will only happen through Jesus. Y'all, Easter is significant. It's significant because it demonstrated Christ's humanity. But here's another one. Easter is also significant because it signified Christ's power over death. It signified Christ's power over death. Now look again in verse 14. It says, Since the children, us, we have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, Jesus' death on a cross is, is mystifying in many ways. And for the people back then, it was mystifying. Jesus is, we just sang a song, Jesus Messiah. He is the Savior. How confident are you going to be in following a Messiah who gets hung up on a cross and killed? And this is who I'm putting my hope in. I'm putting my hope in one that that man is able to overcome and so there's not a whole lot. It's, it's, you know, and you can say, well, maybe Jesus wasn't all that he was cracked up to be. And, and Jesus' death seemed to indicate that he wasn't all that powerful. But as I read through the scripture, there's some things I discover. And one is that Jesus did not lose his life. Jesus did not have his life taken away from him. Jesus said before he even died, he said, I will give my life. And I will give it freely. Jesus said in John 10, 17 and 18, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. He says, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. That's cool. Jesus has power over life and death. What's man's greatest fear? I mean, what do you think it is? You know, some people say it's public speaking. I don't buy that. I mean, that sounds good. But you know what? If I have a choice between dying and public speaking, I think I'm going to talk. And I think most of you are too. So, you know, I mean, the, so, so when I look into the church, I, I say, man, our greatest fear is death. So what did Jesus do? Jesus came here and he said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to experience death for you. I'm going to take it on for you. Why would he do that? Because, guys, we have a debt of sin that we owe to God. When we're disobedient to God, there is a price to pay. The wages of sin is death. Now, some people say, well, I can do some good things. Maybe I can erase that debt. Tell you, the debt is so big, we can't, we can't erase it. As a matter of fact, we are told that it will take a perfect offering for our sin to be erased. Nobody has ever lived a perfect life except for one man. It was Jesus. And so that is why Jesus came, and he gave himself for us to be our ransom, to give us freedom. Jesus came here. He died. Here's the reason he died. He died in order to take away the sting of death, which is separation from God, which is to be eternally separated from him. We are told in 1 Corinthians 15 and 53 and following, it says, For the perishable, that's, that's us, must clothe itself with the imperishable, it's Jesus, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written is true. Some of my favorite verses. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think this story kind of sums it up pretty well. This little boy, he was riding with his dad in a car, and 
they're riding along, a, a bee got in the car, and the boy was allergic to bee stings. And so they're trying to swat that bee out of the car, and they roll down the windows, and they're swinging at the bee, and the bee won't leave the car. And the boy's terrified, and so the dad reaches up finally, and he, he's able to grab that bee, and he holds it in his hand, and then he opens his hand up, and the bee flies off again. The boy's backing away again, and the father says, Son, son, look at my palm. And he, he looks into the palm of his dad's hand, and he said, The stinger's there. He says, so you don't have to be afraid of the bee. He said, I got the stinger. Do you, do you know that's what Easter is? We are afraid of death because death separates us. Death is an ending. And what Jesus did is he went to the cross. And for those who will trust in him, he said, I have taken the sting of death for you. So that when you die, you will not pay the wages of death. He said, but instead you will be with me for an eternity in heaven. That's Easter. Easter's victory over death. Who had the power of death before? Satan did. Easter, Jesus took it away. Now, what's the significance of Easter? A couple things. It demonstrates Christ's humanity. It signifies Christ's power over death. And this is the last one. What does Easter signify? It provides us freedom, us, freedom from the power of death. In verse number 15, it says, And it will free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Verse number 15 paints a good picture about death for us. The author of this book tells us that, that death is something that holds men captive. You know, the older you get, and I've noticed this in my own life, the older I get, it's crazy. The more I start thinking about dying. You know, it's, I, and I, I, don't know, I don't know if y'all do that. I'm just assuming everybody does that. If y'all don't, don't tell me. Because I'm feeling like y'all are like me. But the older I get, the more I start thinking about stuff like that. And, you know, it can, it can take you captive. It's where you start, you start playing. I mean, you become so fearful, you try to do everything you can to avoid it. And we do some crazy stuff. And I mean, some of it's not bad. I mean, I know that, you know, some of you guys, you exercise like fiends. And others of you, I, I know some of you guys, y'all are real healthy and picky eaters, which is great. I'm, I'm going to eat lunch today with my sister, who, like, for seven years has not eaten red meat. You know, she eats like, she eats weeds. I mean, it's so strange. And so she's really healthy and all this stuff. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with taking care of your body. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the Bible tells us that our bodies are, they're, they're sacred. Um, our bodies are, as a matter of fact, there's, there's a scripture that talks about it. 1 Corinthians three sixteen. it says, Don't you know that you're, you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. So our bodies are important. It's good to take care of them. But where we get in trouble is when it becomes our focus in life. To where we ignore everything else, trying to do whatever we can to make ourselves live longer. And we ignore our spiritual health, our spiritual lives. Guys, whenever I look into Scripture, I see that we have a great fear of death. But Jesus teaches us through the cross and through his resurrection. He says, I give life. And I give life eternal. I bring you hope. You know, let's not become so obsessed and fearful about dying that we forget to live. That we forget that we have a life that goes beyond this life. We are told in Romans eight seventeen when we become children of God, it says that we're heirs, we're heirs of God, and we're co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. How, what kind of glory can we share in with God if we follow Him? As we, we share in the glory of eternal life. And you know, we have to be fearful of this life. 
the ending of this life. There's another one coming. We share in, in the, the gift of God's forgiveness, the hope that He provides, the purpose that He gives us in life. So let's don't be fearful. That's what Easter's about. I, I like the quote by Woody Allen. Uh, Woody Allen, of course, is a, kind of a strange director and actor. He said, he said, I'm not afraid of dying. He said, I just don't want to be there when it happens. And uh, yeah, I, I totally concur with that. But here's the bad news, guys. When it happens, we will be there. We're going to be there when death happens. The question is, will you take advantage of the freedom that Christ offers us on Easter? What freedom is that? The freedom from the fear of death. Freedom knowing that our lives don't end here. That Christ has provided for his followers a life beyond this one. Will you take advantage of the opportunity Jesus gives you? The word opportunity is an interesting word. Uh, it comes from two Latin words, and I know you don't care, but it's, it's really kind of, I want you all to think I'm smart. Uh, it's the words ob and portu. Ob, opportunity comes from ob portu. It's a, it's a uh, shipping term. And before they had modern harbors, what ships would do whenever they're coming into port, they had to come in and they had to wait for the tide to come in. And whenever the tide would come in, they would, they would ride the tide in to their, into the port. Now, if they missed the tide, they missed their opportunity. They missed out on arriving at the destination where they wanted to arrive. So they had to wait for the tide. Guys, if we are going to arrive where we want to arrive beyond this life, we have to catch the tide of Jesus and his death and resurrection. There is no other tide that will bring us to God. It is only Jesus. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. And so as we celebrate Easter today, my, my challenge for you is don't miss the flood tide of Jesus' death and resurrection. Take advantage of the tide. Don't miss the opportunity. It's how do I do that? You do it by calling out to Jesus and calling out to Him and just saying, Jesus, I need you to rescue me. Jesus, I need your forgiveness and I am placing my hope and my trust in your death and in your resurrection. I'd just like for us to close out this time, this Easter service, by us bowing our heads and closing our eyes. And, and, and some of you might say, you know what, I, would, I want to catch the tide. I want to take advantage of the opportunity and know that this Easter applies to my life as well. That my life doesn't end here, but there is a resurrection for me also. If you'd like to do that or square that away, I just want you to feel where you are seated. It's just between you and the Lord. You can just simply pray, pray a prayer or something like this. Just simply say, Jesus, I, I recognize I've sinned and I need your forgiveness and I ask for it. And Jesus, I desire to experience your freedom that only you can provide. I desire to have the kind of life that you desire for me to have here and in heaven. And I am inviting you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Because I believe that you are the God who has power over both life and death. 
you prayed that prayer or something like it, I, you know, take your bulletin. You can open it up. On the right side, there's a section you can fill out. Man, fill that out and check that line that says, I committed my life to Christ. Because we want to get you some information in the mail about growing in your walk with Christ. The greatest decision, I promise you, you'll ever make. It's one that lasts forever. Guys, Easter is important. It changes everything. It shows us the humanity of Christ. It shows us Christ's power over death, and it shows us that we can have freedom from the power of death. God, thank you. Thank you for Easter. Thank you, Jesus, that there is nothing that can hold you down. The chains of life and death were broken by you. And Jesus, we thank you that today we can celebrate the death of death.